0: Welcome to The Picture of Wealth, a podcast all about living more of your life now, yet being responsible for your future. Lifestyle experimenter, wealth scientist, and financial coach Dustin Service shares life hacks, wealth tips, and interviews successful entrepreneurs on how they're thriving in happiness,
1: purpose, and prosperity. Continuing on with our real estate theme, uh, one advisor that someone looking to acquire, you know, more specifically commercial real estate as part of your wealth journey, I would say that commercial insurance is going to be something that's going to be on your radar. And if you are considering buying a piece of commercial real estate, then you're going to want to talk to somebody like Rosie Mounts, who... In this interview, she breaks down a number of things to consider before you buy a commercial piece of property. And a lot of things I, I never thought about before, but now I'm definitely acutely aware of, you know, know thy neighbor is, uh, is, a, is a thing that we talk about in there because it affects your, your premiums on your commercial insurance. So I look forward to sharing this episode with you. And we cover not just commercial insurance, a number of great tips on being a mom, being a wife you know, having a double, you know, double spouse in careers and owning business and all the balancing and juggling acts that go along with that. So I know there's a number of nuggets in here that'll be great for for all audiences. So I look forward to sharing this episode with you. Welcome to the Picture of Wealth podcast. I'm your host, Dustin Service. And today I've got a great (laughs) guest who I've got to know over the last little while, Rosie Mounts. Uh, commercial risk advisor at capri cmw and wow is that ever a mouthful uh you know but you know behind that title we're gonna get we're gonna get to meet rosie and who rosie really actually is the daughter of a logger and uh you know get a glimpse of sort of what your past is so rosie thanks a lot for uh, coming on the show today thanks
0: dustin thanks for having me here so uh,
1: uh,
0: yeah i'm excited to this is my first podcast, you can tell.
1: Yes, that's excellent. <laughs> well, this is uh, you know, again, the picture of wealth is fairly new. So you're uh, at the, the ground level of uh of the podcast. And again, the theme uh in, in this sort of in this series that we're doing is uh is is a real estate sort of business theme. So, you know, I know you got a you know commercial risk advisor. Really, you're we're talking about commercial insurance for business owners, mm-hmm. is is your what you do day to day. So You've helped me with you know building insurance, and that's really you know i I see our conversation going there today about you know buildings and, and insurance and and again we'll we'll touch on that but because there's a lot of things that that I didn't know many of my clients don't know about you know owning a piece of real estate and what risks to to really look for and right now, people you know want Real estate in their your portfolio of wealth, and they mm-hmm. they want uh, exposure to that sector. So they're looking at purchasing things, and yeah. insurance is a major key part. And, and having that conversation early with you before they buy something would actually gener- that be a very useful uh, conversation for for you to have with somebody. So that that I hope you know listeners get out of the out of the the podcast today. But let's. You give us so you did house insurance first, then you switched over to commercial. Where, like, what was yeah. the transition? Why the transition?
0: So it, start, it started with auto, so ICBC, Frontlines, um, way back. And that kind of the promotion of that is, is house insurance, but house insurance is actually much simpler than a lot of auto. And, and I liked house insurance, and we serviced some great people, and it was a lot of fun, but it gets pretty monotonous on some level where you're like, okay, it's another single family dwelling with a natural gas furnace. And you ask the same questions over and over again. And so you kind of just, you know, you feel like you're not learning very much anymore. And so um, I started, I had all of these ICBC clients that I'd always serviced and they wanted me to help them with other lines of business. They're like, what else can you take off my plate? Cause I like the way you manage this. And so, So it came about really organic. It was just about, okay, let's keep servicing these same people I already have a relationship with. What else can I look after for them? What can I... I mean, insurance is a headache. And we make jokes about commercial risk advisor does not describe what we do. But it's exactly what you just said, Dustin, is like, I had a client call me last week and he's like, I'm buying this piece of real estate. Now, I've done business with him for 18 years. He knows me so well. He's totally comfortable and has such a good level of trust. He's just like, yeah, I'm putting in an offer on this. What are my factors here? What do I need to be looking into? And it's fabulous when we can get brought in at that level because we can give him advice. Like If your neighbor is building kitchen cabinets or has a restaurant with a deep fat fryer, that looks different to your cost of insurance. Mm. So if we can start talking about this stuff early... He can just budget it because this is the stage where he's running his numbers, right? Like, this is what I'm looking for on a return of investment. This is what I need to account for for costs. So when we can give them a budget on what the insurance is going to look like at that level, he's going to this so much more educated and in such a better position to make the right moves.
1: No, that's... So, uh, I, I never even thought of that. So in in a... Like even in a commercial industrial building where your strata, like it's say an eight bay thing. So you got the big door, like your neighbors actually affect your insurance.
0: Yeah. So what they do is when we fill out our applications, there's a line on there that says, what are the exposures? What other businesses exist within like a 200 meter radius of this location? And so we identify those. So the insurance company used that as a factor. I mean, it's more relevant when that building is older in frame construction. It has no fire suppression and has a restaurant in it. That's going to get different rates than your industrial building with you know, brand new security systems, brand new um, fire suppression systems, all of that kind of stuff, right? But just being able to give them that margin of, okay, budget this versus this, it just helps people make such better decisions.
1: That would be a big bargaining chip, uh, you know, if you knew, it, like, you could, yeah, negotiate yeah. a lot lower on the price if that was going to be a big factor. And, you know, not to, to throw any specific companies under the bus, but what, like, what top three neighbors do you want to really pay attention? To? <laughs> uh, yeah. Top three, like, you know, kind of nature of business, not actual business, but like, what Yeah. What do you watch out for?
0: Yeah, it's, it's restaurants. Restaurants have a lot of fires. They have a lot of clean... Um, and then on the industrial type of buildings, it's your when you're working with hot works. So you're doing, you've got a fab shop and you're doing metal work.
1: Well, right. you're
0: applying heat to something all the time. So it makes sense that that's going to be a greater exposure for fire. Same as combustibles. So your woodworking shops, I'd say those are your biggest three culprits for, you know, kind of paying attention. But things like tire storage are a factor. Like, you know, there's, there's a lot. But, you know, if you're in a, a mercantile building with retail on it in every direction, well, none of that's, none of that's an issue, right? Like, it, it's kind of simpler. Professional office space is very simple. We can ensure that very easily. There's not going to be a big, you know, degree of variance between, you know, this office building versus that office building. It's these other, especially when you get into industrial stuff that, that there's some bigger factors at play.
1: Have you seen any like uh, emergence of like COVID? Like I'm thinking a, a place where there's lots of people. Like, or or has COVID even affected claims of commercial insurance?
0: Um, you know, on on one hand, traditional claims are down because there's a lot less just traffic. Commercial auto is you know seeing a little bit less traffic, um, but yeah, what do you mean by in terms of like... Well, I was just thinking people, of like, of like
1: uh, if if there's any sort of claims of like, you know, an, an office tower where COVID protocol is not being done properly and, and there's been claims, uh, you know, mm. or, or maybe that, you know, I think if someone slips and falls or if someone gets sick, it's kind of the same thing. Yeah. Uh, if there's negligence, is that... You haven't seen yeah. any of that?
0: Well, what we're seeing is every insurance company is putting out a new COVID exclusion. So what they're saying is, listen, if, if you're open for business and someone contracts an illness while at your premises, we don't want to be brought into a lawsuit. We don't want to be a part of that. Right. It's, it's an inherent risk of having a global pandemic. There's, you're operating during these times. You need to follow safety protocols. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and every insurance company has come out with some version of an exclusion saying, listen, don't bring a lawsuit against us regarding COVID because we didn't charge you for that risk. We weren't planning on insuring that.
1: Yeah. Now do you think your dad thought about the risks when he taught you how to drive a standard uh <laughs> you know back in the day when you were a, a, a youngster? I, no. I, I read your father's day letter and I was uh you know quite impressed and I I do love to write too. So I really appreciated, you know, sort of that letter but you know you know everyone's got a story and yeah. uh you know our identity isn't necessarily our job. So Help us understand behind the the big long jargon title. It's like <laughs> you came up, you grew up close to Salmon Arm. Uh, start with the driving the truck story and your and your dad of yeah. You know what like, sort of things he taught you.
0: He's the most unconventional guy on the planet, and he's like, you know, like he's a logger, but he's also kind of a hippie and like you know an an environmental activist at the same time. So. So he's all about um, yeah, he was never big business, he was never you know, never put a value on formal education. it was about just experience and living and and yeah, so, yeah, teaching me how to drive a standard at fourteen and in this like you know, it was I joked once it was the ugliest truck at every parking lot we'd ever gone <laughs> anywhere in, it was like. Uh, 1980s Nissan with a bit of a lift and then like a roof rack, you know, to carry a chainsaw and things around. Yeah. And and uh, so I'm like in a panic because you get this responsibility of like, you know, your dad's letting you drive and you're trying to take it seriously. And he's like hysterically laughing because he's like, what are you going to do to this beast? Like, are you really <laughs> going to, are you going to hit the ditch on this dirt road doing 12 kilometers an hour? Like, I think we're going to be okay. And, and so that's kind of his approach. So he was a logger but he also was like small engine repair on the side and, and a hundred different things. And, you know, he's had a ton of different careers, but he was never, you know, hugely successful. And he kind of, we joke right now, we're going for lunch with him today. And he's kind of like, you know, I've turned into this office yuppie city person that, you know, is completely different from the way i was brought up, but he sees how it came about. And it was just, it started in such a genuine way. Like, I, I wanted some office experience. I started working in an ICBC office and I had a ton of fun. Like, you could have people walk through the door and be miserable. Like, I'm paying ICBC insurance and I dislike this part of my day. And you could just find something to joke about with them or, or have a sense of humor or, or teach them something they didn't understand. Like, a lot of people are intimidated by insurance. They're like, I don't even know what you mean, deductible. Like, I, I just don't even want to know. I just want to pay the bill and go. So you can start making a difference for people. And then, you know, that small office that had that philosophy of, if you service people so incredibly well, they'll just give you more business. You never even have to ask for it. And yeah. and it was such a great wholesome environment for me to kind of grow up into insurance. So that was, you know, when I was just fresh out of high school, like 18 to... I was, yeah, I was 18 when I started. and And then it was like, now I'm in this field where... I'm going into starting a career. I have no formal education. I have no, not are any funds to back, like, you know, going getting a university degree. And I fell into this industry where it's like, they're starving for talent and there's no end in opportunity. And all you have to do is work. And it's like, well, this suited me. Plus I was having so much fun. Like we drive around and deliver uh, insurance to the car dealerships and everyone's so excited. They're getting their new car. And, us showing up with plates meant like the deal's done. You know, the dealership's like, yes, we've got this one. It's done (laughs) because insurance is delivered on it. So I just started having so much fun with it. And so, you know, I think even dad can see like, you know, my approach has gone from... I I mean, it's really just... Sure, we're dealing with a lot of huge, huge businesses and we're we're dealing with some really complex stuff. um, But it's, Really, we're just helping people. It's not that surprising that that's an industry that I fell in love with and stuck with, is I can make a difference for people. So, so I do.
1: And, and you don't have any sort of yearning to get on a chainsaw. Uh, <laughs> and, and get, you're not like living a schizophrenic <laughs> career of, mm. uh, you know, you're doing something. You, no. No, that's. Well, you uh, know, the
0: weekends we go home and like, yeah, no, the weekends we go home and there's a bit of hillbilly in me for sure. And we go on <laughs> camping and you get to kind of. You know, you don't give much regard for for business attire and, you know, staying connected and all of these things. You really just, you know, I love, I love nature and I love being a bit of a, a bit of a hillbilly, I guess. But, you know, I also needed something that... (laughs) (laughs) You learned the the
1: work ethic, you know, uh, of the firewood and, uh, you know, we have acreage and a, you know, a wood pile from trees we cut down in our five-year-old cells. You know, we sell it on facebook you know that's his it's his little thing and it isn't a money maker but it's all about you know meeting the people saying hi you know get your pj's off get out there yeah. you know working you know just basic skills and and you like you grew up uh you know on a bit of property and kind of out of town did you Ever live in town or you always went, because your house now is out of town and, and you live in, in yeah. the, I wouldn't say off the grid, but in the forest. <laughs> so <laughs>
0: Close, uh, close. It's body uh, service out there. <laughs> yeah.
1: How, how is uh, how is living away from the city?
0: Yeah. So we did live in, in we're going to call Salmon Arm the city. Yes, I yeah. lived in, in the city of Salmon Arm for probably from when I was about a teenager until you know, I bought my first condo when I was 20 in town and then my husband and I's first place was in a subdivision. So, I mean, we probably, you know, I spent for sure 10 years living kind of in more of a municipality. And I, I love the idea that you can walk to a store or you can walk to an event. Like if the wharf has something going on or, you know, that's nice. I like it, but I just think, you know it's not just the health benefits It's all of it getting outside on the weekend is good for you like it is mm-hmm. good for your head it is good for everything so and it's good for me to have responsibilities outside of um you know work and, and all the things we have to do there like i don't know i love mucking around in the yard with there's mud everywhere right now but it's like oh, you know just going out <laughs> feeding the yeah you definitely <laughs> would know you know just getting outside and you know you're you're feeding the birds but also we've got yeah a couple acres of trees so it's like there's constantly branches to clean up every time it's windy there's like a million fur needles everywhere like you know it's it's good to I think those types of tasks are good for a person because you could easily spend your whole life focused on just your just your industry and just what you know your career but yeah it's good for the kids to be outside I think
1: do you are you uh, at the stage in life, or do you feel like you're making your life uh, more complex? You know, for certain goals in the future, or are you trying to reduce things uh, to be more simple?
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, this this job is demanding sometimes because people will say to me something like. The kids will have a, a Christmas concert, whatever, some kind of thing, and you're like, people are like, can you make it there? And I'm like, absolutely, like, I have tons of flexibility. Put it in my schedule. I go to it. I'm not going to miss a single thing like that. I can go on the field trip. It's no problem. But I'm not accountable to just one person, like my VP is my manager. I'm accountable to every single one of my clients because when they need something and they can't reach me, it's hard on them. So, so you know this type of work can be intense but um i also just have a really good perspective on you know i've fabulous family my kids are the greatest sense of pride that i will ever experience is is based on them and not what i got done at work that day so mm-hmm. so i kind of keep that in perspective so um it w- we laughed cuz we liked covid you know when it first happened because it was nice to have all of the pressure of social events gone and it was nice to not have to see the kids to swimming pool every weekend you know yeah. and and there was kind of a like a sense of relief in that some of those obligations went away but that being said i want my kids to have access to all of that stuff so mm-hmm. you know we just finished skating lessons we're starting soccer in 3 weeks like there there's a lot I'm getting smarter about not taking on as much if it's not something I'm passionate about. I got asked to volunteer, um, which would have been an incredible opportunity. Like I would have learned a ton, but they couldn't give me a, a clear answer of what the time commitment really looked like. And I just yeah. had to respectfully bow out. Like I can't, I'm sure I would learn a lot and I could contribute a lot, but I can't commit myself to more than I already do. Cause there's, there's enough.
1: Yeah. And that. You know again I I think you know working uh hard as a as a youngster and sort of growing up like uh you know when you were 18 you had a vision for Rosie you know 30 40 50 year old Rosie uh mm-hmm. and before kids uh that there's a lot more bandwidth uh and so ha- has that vision changed or have you given yourself the permission to lower expectations or, uh, and again, I'm, I'm just, I'm curious because I I know a lot of listeners are, are entrepreneurs and uh, professionals yeah. who, you know, we got all this old gristle in our heads and all this old stuff. That's like, well, I can't change it. That's just who I am. I got to just keep going on that. And it's extremely mm. stressful. Uh, so help me understand. Cause again, you're, you're, you're a mom, a wife, a, a goal oriented money driven business person you know like you, you, that's in your thing but there's all those parts now so has that changed since you were 18 or, or yeah. are you are you, bal- are you figuring it out is you got a magic bullet you could share with us <laughs>
0: i think i think probably like despite the fact that you know the last couple of months i would say have been some of the hardest like the last year has been one of the most challenging years just in terms of finding that balance Being able to manage both, not disappointing, you know, your family and in maintaining the expectations you set for yourself there. And then also professionally trying to balance that has been really, really hard. But, you know, I think that, that, that 18 year old Rosie loves where I ended up. Like is Mm -hmm. really, really like giddy with the fact that I have, you know, the modern day dream, which is a family and a career that you like, which is Mm -hmm. extraordinary. So um, it's harder than I thought it was going to be 18 year old Rosie. You, you were really confident to 18 year old Rosie and right. you had yeah. no idea how, how, how that journey was going to look, but you know, I'm, I'm so grateful for where I'm at. I think it looks different in the future. I think that I spent years being like, I, I just want to serve customers. Like I love servicing customers. And then in the last couple of years, I see people starting out in in our industry or other industries, but young professional women. And I'm like, I want to help you. I care about being a mentor. I care about giving back to other people in my industry. And that's something that's new. And I don't really have a ton of time for it right now. But I can see myself in the future wanting to contribute more and help out other young professionals. Because, you know in a lot of ways, I got lucky that the first office I worked at was an office that had incredible integrity and good work ethic. And, and I learned a ton from there. Whereas that isn't always the case. So, you Mm -hmm. know, being able to give back, I think is something that's going to be more prevalent in my goals looking ahead
1: and and from a you know again you know the the mantra that we're you know always kind of touting is uh you know living more of our life now yet being responsible for our future and you've heard me say it in presentations and and different things um you, you know how ha, how have ha, have you you kept your mindset the same you've got a, a a husband who's got a successful uh you know family business that's high time demands um you know, ha- have you have you found a rhythm in your own sort of wealth, you know, mindset or is it still just sort of grow at all costs or, <laughs> you know, because because most people it's uh, well, I don't want to ruin it. But I, I I think, you know, where I'm going, that a lot of people ha- haven't found that yet or mm. and that's OK Uh, I just, you know, I know that uh, entrepreneurs or entrepreneurially minded people, you know, live out in what I call the burn zone and they can stay out in the burn zone, which is like high doing, high thinking for long periods of time. And that's what makes them an entrepreneur or entrepreneurially minded and and sort of can, you know, handle things more than the average person. But without awareness into that sort of space, uh, I see it with clients that get older and you've sort of got mental health, you've got you know, different things creeping up that, you know, so we, where where are you finding your space? And I think you maybe have already mentioned it, but where are you finding that recharge or that an ability to, to reset to then be able to handle that sort of fast-paced life?
0: I don't have it
1: figured out. <laughs> but, <laughs> I love the honesty. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I definitely don't have it all figured out. But... um yeah, I just think that you continually continually get better. You get smarter at stuff. So um I I think that I I still have that tremendous amount of drive. Like I had an entrepreneur describe it to me as like it's an addiction. Like when, when one thing starts to go well, you kind of just wanna to add to it. You wanna just make it bigger and, and yeah. you know, and so it, it's hard to learning to just kind of be content and appreciate where you're at or what you've already accomplished is challenging. Um, Someone just gave me this great quote last week and it was like, youth is wasted on the young. And it's like, oh yeah, like this was, we're still kind of considered youth, right? like in (laughs) in late 30s and you're thinking like, you know, when I'm in my late 40s, I'm going to wish I'd had more fun probably in my late 30s. And even I had a conversation with a colleague last week And, you know, the insurance industry is in a hard market cycle right now. And there's a ton of challenges and it's like, you, you get worked up about it and you're worried about it. And, you know, even a year from now, you're not going to, you're looking back, Mm. it's going to be like, it was okay. None of it actually was that significant, but we we want to do everything and you want to meet every goal and you want to, you know, grow so quickly and, and, and yet you know i'm trying to get some perspective on you know if i if i had a bit more patience with myself you know would i enjoy this journey more because i should i should capitalize on that like yeah th- this is the modern day dream it is so yeah it would be a- foolish of me that, to not appreciate it
1: no i think those are wise wise words and uh yeah it's so uh you know we're so f- so focused in the future and even, you know, business plan goals, you know, set goals set, you know, and like, you know, you set them and usually accomplish them. So that's great. But then it almost becomes like a checklist that you're like, okay, got that done. And you never actually really experienced, you know, the classic, you know, people go on a trip and they're so busy post, you know, posting photos (laughs) and, and, you know, taking pictures and, and you didn't even notice the beautiful scenery or, or whatever, wherever you are. And, uh, I, I I, no I was going to just say, I just went to for coffee with my kids on the weekend and, uh, they're three and five. So they're fast moving little characters. And, uh, you know, the coffee shop (laughs) went to is in a hotel and it had, you know, a big stairway and I sat and the, the coffee took forever, which I know this specific coffee shop takes forever. So it was about 20 minutes before my coffee and their cookies came And I sat at the table and didn't pull out my phone on purpose and just Mm -hmm. like sat there uh, and watched them and waved and, and wow, Uh, (laughs) what an amazing uh, experience. And it, it, I didn't realize at the time, but for the last couple of weeks, I've, I've thought about that moment a few times. And uh, it, it just, it just reminds you that it's like, nothing on my phone, whether it's the stocks or the crypto or whatever I'm checking or Instagram matters at that moment. It doesn't matter.
0: No, a hundred percent. That's so good. I, I started, um, I, I like in probably November, I decided that I was going to start meditating because I thought that I was kind of lost and like just not being present. Cause you know what? i got a good I got a really robust to-do list is how I like to put it. <laughs> it's very abundant that to do list. And and we're gonna be okay if a lot of it doesn't get done, you know? So it was just kind of about rather than constantly creating that to do list and focusing on other stuff that I should be doing. I need to just like even if it's just 15 minutes a day, like pay attention to what you're actually doing. Cause I think that's the people who get to you know, later in their career and look back and have a bunch of regrets. I think that that's what it's focused on is being hard on yourself and not actually enjoying how good it was when it was good. Right. So if you can, whatever tool it is that helps you keep that perspective where you just notice how lucky you are and what a great, what good fortune you have in so many different directions, then, you know, that's pretty, pretty powerful for, for the recharge, for, Getting yourself ramped up to yeah, I'm going to go back into that office and I'm going to give it everything I can and I'm going to drive and push and explore and learn and do all of that. That's way easier to do when you feel like you know you're smitten with your own family and you can appreciate how how good it is.
1: Yeah, you you said something that that I totally resonate with with the uh, if the to do list is blank, that's almost even more stressful than oh, if yeah. <laughs> the to do list is too big. So. Great. Uh, in in my email inbox, just because the way my rules and all my filters set up, I can I can try to by the end of the week get to like one page. Like you can't scroll my inbox, and wow. sometimes that gets to be like three four emails sitting in my inbox. And
0: well, what do you that, do then?
1: Well, well, then I'm like, well, oh, I'm not busy. I got I don't have enough <laughs> stuff on the go. So so then you're kind of panicking that direction. So. You you nailed it of uh, of said you know just you know give your you know just sort of relax about those things and and pay attention to you know what okay my inbox is empty I can go outside and it's three thirty on a Tuesday and I can play with the kids or I can you know go to go meditate for fifteen minutes because guaranteed that inbox is not going to be empty for long and. <laughs> And then all of a sudden it's back to, to the panic and, uh, you know, so one thing that uh, I did, I did miss when I was talking to you about, you know, your sort of upbringing, you know, when you're working with business owners, like, and, I, and people like stories, so don't use names, obviously, but do you have, like, you said that your father still likes to buy everything cash.
0: Oh yeah. <laughs>
1: have, have you? So this is, I, I'm. So I've been lately on you know low interest rates on your mortgage, and people you know I moved from Kelowna to, to Salmon Arm, and, and in Kelowna, the bigger the mortgage, the more fine it is. It's okay. The interest rates are so low, and and I used to tell people, it's okay. You can you know get this low interest, and you can buy you know investments. You can buy another rental house, or you know and all the stacking because you got a two percent mm-hmm. interest rate. But lately, and kind of post-COVID in seeing that, debt's still debt. So this is, you know, again, this is a happiness podcast and, you know, being responsible for your future. But, you know, again, I'm more focused on the living the more life now uh, and, and responsible for the future being like, if you don't have debt, you really could be quite nimble in so many different ways. And I assume you'd be a lot less stressful if weird worldly things happen. When your bills are managed properly and you don't have debt. So, you know, when you think of the business owners that you are working with, is the buy everything cash normal or is like take on debt and expand? And like, are, are you seeing people comfortable with debt? Or, where, where is, or do you even get into that conversation with people?
0: Yeah. No, we get into that conversation because what it ends up being is such a big factor in what people's risk tolerance is. So if, you've, if you're um, using you know the, this asset to borrow against, to grow it so that you can keep taking risk that way and you can keep growing, um, then yeah, it's really critical that you've got the right insurance policies in place and you've got the right business interruption, right? Because if, if this building burns down and you can't collect rent on it any longer, but you're paying a mortgage on that because that's how you funded this, you know, then it's really critical how that goes. On the other sides of things, the conversations we're having right now is when insurance rates are going up, let's talk about how you can use deductibles to your benefit. Like I've got clients that are, you know, own a building free and clear. There's no loans against it. So we look at and say, okay, is your deductible, if your deductible is $25,000, that means you're going to pay the first $25,000 of any claim before the insurance company starts kicking in. If that saves you, 25% Twenty five percent on your premium, and you can put that money away and you can save it. Well, that makes more sense, and you're going to be in control of that small claim because putting in a small claim is not going to is not not only is it not fun, but it's going to go against your insurance history and it's going to be painful. If you can just self insure that kind of stuff, do it. Like that's that's a fabulous solution. So, so I I see both sides of it. It's probably like. You know, it kind of coincides with generation generations, right? Like you've got an older generation that's more established; they've been around for a long time. You know, they don't—they're not going to—they don't have anything financed. They're not going to put in a small claim. If they had to put fifty thousand out of their own pocket into their building, they could do it. They would be Mm -hmm. okay, right? So, so that's kind of the philosophy there. Whereas we've got other businesses that are just growing like crazy, but. All of those pieces rely on each other, right? Like you have to have the income from from all of the available income you've got to manage the the lending that you have going. Because yeah, interest rates are low, and it's such a good opportunity. And you see how many people have seen tremendous rewards by taking those chances. So
1: it, inside yeah. the policies, like, uh, and again, kind of going back to the the commercial insurance side of things, is there like any? you know, the top two places for someone to look again, you know, you helped me really dig deep into my own commercial insurance. And actually <laughs> I think it more was just like taking the time to actually look at it. Cause it wasn't that Ooh. I don't want to know about it. Cause every dollar out in expense is something that I'm paying attention to. And the premiums aren't, aren't massive, but they're not negligible either where it just should be not really looked at. So what, and I guess you got so many industries, but if you picked, you know, build like specifically buildings. So ownership, if we're okay. thinking of the real estate kind of vein, where do people usually not understand, you know, is is there somewhere on the policy? I know you talked about neighbors, but is there like some, some line item that they should look for? Or like you mentioned deductible. So that's a good one yeah. to go look at.
0: For sure. Deductible is a good one. And you know, a lot of my meetings, you go into it with kind of even on a simple building ownership policy. You go into it kind of thinking this is what's going to be important, and then when you get there, you get surprised, and the client has you know once you find out what their priorities are and what what the long term plan is, sometimes that changes. But um, I think that those first meetings I have with clients, I would say eighty percent of the time you can tell that they haven't looked at that policy in a couple of years. Right. Because, and I I think of it as, I don't blame any customer for that. I think of it as you really dislike dealing with the insurance policy. Either you don't understand it, you don't like your broker. It's not a pleasant experience. You don't want to waste your time on it. Like I get all of those reasons. So it's just so many insurance policies are just inaccurate because people didn't understand what they were buying or they were in a hurry and they did it or they got sold on something, like whatever. So looking at your own insurance policy, pull it up. And like, so an insurance policy is like 100 pages, but the declaration pages is like the first one, sometimes to 10, you know, sometimes it's just one page. That's going to tell you 90% of what you need to know. But when you look at that, and if there's a bunch of terms, you don't understand what they mean, then you want to just loop in someone who's in that industry and just get some perspective from them. Because I think that, you know, the biggest, the easiest way to save a person money is to fix a bunch of inaccuracies. I just had this great, huge, um, like a manufacturing operation, and we're talking about their existing policy, and they had um, like more than five million dollars in profits coverage, which would represent all of their fixed expenses, all of the profit margin that they've had in the past, and that's their business interruption coverage. And so I said, okay we're going to do a worksheet on how much business interruption coverage you actually need. And they're like, how much do I pay for that? So I tell them and they're like, yeah, we would never even claim on that. Like we have a building over (laughs) here. We have a backup plan over here. We have all of these other ways that we would just, if, if we have a claim at one building, we're going to keep operating. We're not like going home and taking a six month vacation because our building burnt down. We're going to keep having profit. We're going to have some expenses because we need to move some stuff around. We need to hurry to get some equipment in. But we're never going to make that claim it's like well great let's not pay for that insurance then. yeah it
1: doesn't make
0: any sense so you know and this is you know industries who are absolute geniuses like like people who are geniuses in their in their industry still don't know about that kind of stuff and you can't feel bad about it it's like it's mm-hmm. it's like when i'm talking to you Destin, like you you get excited about certain finance or like a life insurance policy. And I'm like, there'll be something in it they don't understand, but you're excited about it. And I can tell you've got the passion for it. And I just, I don't need to know what it is. Like really (laughs) on some level, you can speak your finance language. Like I don't need to to worry about it. Any people treat insurance the same way. They don't want to know every single detail and that's okay. But you need to work with someone who's going to put it in simple language and make it easy for you to understand what you're paying for.
1: Yeah, well, that life insurance, you know, I always think that there's uh, a lot more what could happens that are actually going to happen. And uh, life insurance is pretty cut and dry. Uh, with commercial insurance, there's just so many things. Oh, man. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's something we all need. And we all, you know, for a lot of, you know, you work with a lot of blue collar people, so do I. Uh, you know, bidding and bonding and all that stuff—it requires you to have it. So if you don't have, like, it's it's a non-starter for a lot of our business owner clients. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it needs to be put to to at least once in a while, educate yeah. yourself and and enjoy uh, the experience of, of 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 researching it. So, yeah. I I probably I'd like to kind of you know, close off the podcast with the same question. And, uh,
0: you know, I just say to you, you know, what is the picture of wealth to you? Um, you know, it's not, it's, I think that it's really close to, Just really appreciating what you already have, because and and being having enough challenge at work that you're interested, that your brain is working hard, and then having a family that you care about enough that that you feel tremendously, you know, grateful for. And and the picture of wealth is having both of those things, and recognizing you have both of those things.
1: And do you feel so the the twenty eight year old Rosie uh mm. I assume you make more than that person now in income. Yeah. are you feeling more happy because of that income or because <laughs> of something else
0: <laughs> no i mean yeah there's there's a piece of it right like if you if your income can buy you better experiences, which I think you're a good example of right if it's snowmobiling whatever your your thing is, that's fabulous for us it's like we don't go on a lot of fancy vacations, but every couple of months, we've got a cabin book somewhere and we can go out and either go camping or go like to a to a cabin or something where we can go and do something. So so yeah, having the finances to be able to do that is, is pretty great. Um, and just, there's such a great, it eliminates the stress, right? That's, that's the piece that you want is that you feel you're just not, you know, something goes wrong. You're just not you're not screaming and swearing about it cause your kid tossed your phone out the window. Like, it's just like, that sucks. But you're going to be <laughs> yeah. okay. You know? Yeah. So there's kind of like a, there's an even keel confidence that kind of comes with like, this isn't going to break us. Like, you know, things are going to go wrong, but that's okay.
1: Yeah. Um, more money can, can solve money problems. Yeah. It can't solve all problems. And, right. you know, having that, Intuition, like you say, and, and experiences are are an amazing way to utilize that extra income uh, because really it's the time, it's the time with whoever you're going with. And you saw my presentation about you know owning an Airstream RV versus just a you know a Jayco trailer. That you know one, they're both twenty feet, they both <laughs> sleep the same amount of people, but one is sixty thousand dollars more than the other, and. You know, that, that's been, uh, you know, in, in my sort of, you know, journey and, and seeing clients, it's that Airstream would be make you more happy while you're camping. Uh, yeah. For some of the parts of it, but I don't think the curve is exponential in line with the 60,000 more. Yeah. For the item. It's really, mm-hmm. do you actually have time or are you going to make time for even five camping trips a year? That's the bigger question.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: most can't, they won't they can't
0: it's so much work we go camping and i think like why do we do this like <laughs> as we're like 35 loads of groceries and laundry in and out of the trailer and we're like oh and then and then the second all of that is set up we're just like oh yeah yeah that's why we do this and it's worth it it's Did you ever worth go it.
1: camping with like an under one and a half year old
0: yeah yeah
1: so we can both reminisce about that offline but yeah Mm -hmm. uh i remember the end of that first year jody and i think went on nine you know he first got the trailer we had a one-year-old or maybe just barely because he was crawling and eating the rocks and we're worried about him on the steps (laughs) of the trailer oh it was just the end of the summer we said was that even fun and now the kids are older and it becomes a lot it's a lot more fun and we love
0: love it I love the confidence of the newborn parent, right? Like you're just like nothing's slowing us down. (laughs) No way (laughs) we're not missing one summer of camping and it's so much work and it's so painful. And looking back, you're like, what if we just miss one summer of camping? Oh, but I had it on my goals.
1: I had it on my goals. Nine (laughs) camping trips, had to get nine camping trips, you know? So it just,
0: Uh,
1: yeah. Well, thanks a lot, Rosie. This, uh, this was tons of fun and, uh, Again, we'll maybe, uh, we'll get you back and uh, we'll do a session on just commercial insurance for non-business or non-building type things. But I really appreciate your time, really appreciate you opening up about uh, your past and your dad. So, you know, great to have you on the show. Thank you. Thanks, Dustin. If you found this episode valuable, share it with a friend. If you found this episode super valuable, leave us a review on iTunes. It will help us continue to bring you top quality content. For more information on anything discussed on this show, visit www.servicewealth.com. That's service spelled S-E-R-V-I-S-S. Any investment topics covered on the show are not investment recommendations, and you should seek professional advice before making any investment decisions. This show was produced by Podigy Podcasts. Thanks for listening.